0: Wonderful show
1: is Keeping up with the Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Episode 278 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Look at us. You're looking mighty fine this evening.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Just chilling out with your feet up. Chilling. Like nothing could be wrong.
0: On the recliner.
1: Like our air conditioning has not gone out. <laughs> it's been quite the week. And we're not in a hot box where yeah. I may pass out. Yeah.
0: Well that ink that air conditioner doesn't owe this house one red cent.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I would like it to keep working though. I do. If we're gonna is. be if we're gonna be picky. It is currently seventy nine degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Inside our house.
1: Inside our house, which is a balmy twenty six degrees centigrade.
0: But at least the upstairs air conditioner is still working.
1: And that's where I will be sleeping tonight.
0: Yeah. I'm still gonna sleep downstairs. I'll be fine.
1: Because this is like a perfect temperature for you? I'm
0: quite lucky. <laughs> I'm like, I'm great. I'm comfortable. And
1: you're not bummed at all that I can't make it colder. <laughs> nope. I came home this afternoon. I, I had a meeting after church. So I came home. I walk into the house and I instantly start sweating because it's it's so hot in the house. And I look over at AJ, <laughs> who is wearing a sweater and is under a blanket lying on the sofa. I mean, it's, it's muggy. Like, it's hot and it's sticky. It wasn't. It was perfect. And I was like, babe, it's roasting in here. And you're like, I'm a bit chilly. <laughs> It's and I go over to the thermostat, and in the hallway, at the it was at seventy six, even though it was set to sixty
0: eight. Yeah, I probably took my um my sweater off about ten minutes ago. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you finally warmed up.
0: No, seventy nine, warm.
1: Give the people a weekly update. A
0: weekly update. Well, thankfully, we didn't go to the hospital this week, so that's wonderful.
1: No ER visits. That's a, no that's ER a win. visits.
0: We did. Uh, you called me from the side of the road and then said, can you FaceTime? Can you FaceTime? And I was like, yeah. So FaceTime. And all you did was show me our smoking minivan that looked like it was on fire. I'm when not, it,
1: <laughs> and it's important you understand it's not smoking as in sleek and it's not on fire as in fast. It's literally smoking. And I wasn't sure if it was smoking because it was on fire Which I don't think it was. No. But basically, I'm driving out to see my friend Bill. I'm on the the highway. I've got the cruise control set to 72 miles an hour. Yeah. And as I look at my speedometer, well, two things strike my attention. I look at the kind of engine, you know, the little thing that goes hot or cold, and it's right down at cold. And I was like... I was curious because it's normally in the middle but i guess cold's better than hot and then all of a sudden my speedometer starts going and i was like why is it going down (laughs) so i put my foot on the accelerator and nothing happens
0: but you managed to get off the highway
1: oh well i did a quick look in the rearview mirror to see you know what might be happening and all i can see is smoke yeah and i'm like is that me And so I'm right at the exit that I get off anyway. And so I pull off the exit, and then the engine just stops. Just the car cuts out completely. All the lights on the dashboard start flashing at me like I'm a disco. And I guess the power steering goes out because I can't turn the car. The brakes work, thankfully. Yeah. So I throw all of my weight into making the car stop.
0: Yeah.
1: And white billowing smoke is coming out. Not from behind (laughs) me, but actually (laughs) from the hood
0: and in fairness it also doesn't owe us anything actually if you do the math on this bad boy the air conditioning unit and the minivan were both 18 years old
1: is that right well our house was so. built in 2006 so it's now 2022
0: oh no 16 sorry
1: and our minivan is a deluxe 2005 and it's now 2022 <laughs> what, So what's that
0: well because it gets released the year before there it's 18
1: 18 years and it has like something like 230,000 miles on it. Oh,
0: it's got more than that on it.
1: No, I checked, because I was like... Uh,
0: miles, not kilometers. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it owes us nothing.
1: It owes us nothing. A sweet vehicle. So anyway, I uh, <laughs> didn't know what to do, because, you know, it's not a computer. I was like, how do you reboot a... Co-? No, I don't think it's going to work. So I called my friend Bill, who knows pretty much everything, and he came, and he just... He said, let's go and get some...
0: Radiator it? fluid.
1: Radiator fluid. And we poured it into the radiator, and it just poured straight through the radiator and onto the ground.
0: Well, the cap was also missing, which is suspicious. Like it had blown off the thing.
1: That's always a good sign. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, well, we'll anyway, see. it's been towed you know. to a mechanics. We'll find out this week if it's completely dead or it <laughs> or just needs a new radiator.
0: <laughs> well, it, could need, it could need a lot more than a new radiator. Well, the truth is. how
1: long you drove with it smoking out the back. Even when it was working, it had no air conditioning, which, when you come into summer in Tennessee, is not fun.
0: And the side doors didn't
1: work on it anymore. And I needed a new headlight.
0: And it needed its timing belt. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) let's say... Well, the funny thing
1: was the day before I was driving, and I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, Son, you really need a new car. And I I don't know where that was coming from. I don't know. Well, it's probably like the Holy Spirit saying, (laughs) you actually need to do something. (laughs) Because I was talking to Jeff about this today. There's, in my life... Things I care about, I really care about. Things I don't care about, I really, I really don't, really care, don't about. care about. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember, you know I remember picking up a friend from the airport, and he had like an iPhone 4s, and I just about had conniptions, thinking, "How are you coping below the iPhone poverty, you know, line?" And he just didn't care. Well,
0: he doesn't care, yeah, but no. you do,
1: <laughs> and I care, but I don't really care about cars unless it's a Tesla. But I care about cars. You do, and yeah, so that was probably a word from the Lord to me for you. Thank you. Anyway, that was fun. Yes. Our friend David Campbell was, was with us.
0: Yeah. We had him for nearly a week. It was very
1: fun. It's such a joy to be with. If you missed last week's episode with David Campbell, I encourage you to go back to it. com slash 277. Just listening to that man spout wisdom was beautiful. Family news?
0: Do we have family news?
1: Oh, your 15-year-old is going to be thrilled to hear that.
0: <gasps> oh, that family news. I have a 15-year-old. That's right. Yep. Yep.
1: It's really weird as a parent when your fifteen year old starts planning her own parties.
0: She planned everything, texted everyone. It's quite and refreshing. We just drove her places. Dro- she made her own cake, so just drove her places, dropped her off. She did little, you know, parties with her friends. And
1: we, we're crushing it. We still haven't done a family. I know. I right? wonder if I wonder if she's even interested. Our family tradition is we all go out as a family, usually to the cheesecake factory, but now that they're getting older, they get to pick wherever they'd like to go. And we all have a celebratory dinner. But she hasn't made mention that she would like to do that.
0: I'm sure that when she remembers that we haven't done it, she's going to want to do it. So we should probably bring it up first because that's just a better scenario. Well, we should
1: probably do it because we want to celebrate her. Yes. (laughs) Not to be cunning parents.
0: (laughs) Well, we want to also be cunning parents, don't we? Or clever parents. Mm. Maybe not cunning. I realize my nose is stuffed.
1: We should absolutely talk about the
0: pollen levels pollen level i don't know what app jeff is looking at but he's like yeah the pollen's out of red today and i was like what does that mean he's like it's the worst
1: you don't need an app you just listen to my nose yeah
0: but we're all all the joneses all are stuffy
1: i went three days without being able to breathe out my left nostril day or night it was just like (sighs) it was just clogged the whole time Which is not fun. Uh,
0: Which is why you're sleeping in a different room from me. Which is exactly why. (laughs)
1: Because three of those nights, (laughs) I was so restless. It just did not work. Our main topic this week is called cheating.
0: Oh, cheating. Very bad. We're not supposed
1: to cheat. Not that we're doing a podcast on the topic of cheating. But you spoke at church this morning. I did. And you did a fabulous job. Thank you. I had tremendous joy watching you. What did you say about watching me watch you this morning?
0: I thought you were bored. Is that what is that what you mean? <laughs> to be fair, I do
1: have a resting bored face.
0: You do. I like every time I looked over at you it was like, Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. What was happening? Hey, if was, you're happy to be in the room, tell your face.
1: <laughs> I was actually trying to sleep because I just served in children's ministry. That's not
0: at all offensive. <laughs> no, but
1: what happened is I'd served in children's ministry that morning. Yes. And then I knew I had a new members event you know after church
0: and so you need a nap in between well
1: i knew that i'd expended a lot of my energy (laughs) you know introverts of the world unite i spent a lot of energy being with the kids and being in class and then i knew i was gonna have to have lots of energy to be social
0: so you thought the best time to nap was while your wife was speaking
1: right because a you know me b you could probably guess that's (laughs) what's going on
0: no i didn't i thought i was like is he mad is he bored what is what is that face?
1: Well, and I thought if you did think those things, I could clean them up later on a podcast. I wasn't mad. I wasn't bored. I was just <laughs> dog tired. You
0: were just snoozing.
1: But I liked your message so much. I thought that we could talk about it. We could deconstruct on the podcast. You were teaching okay. all about baptism. Yes. So, tell us what do we need to know about baptism?
0: Well, what do we need to know about baptism? Probably a lot. Baptism is uh, amazing. It's Whenever people got saved in the Bible, like in the New Testament, that was the very first thing that they did after they, you know, acknowledged Jesus and then they went and got baptized. It was like the the thing to do. And it was it's sort of the equivalent of um it it, well, what it is is a public declaration of who you belong to. So it's like putting on the team jersey after you, you know,
1: switch to Ooh, sports analogy. How apropos. Jesus, that's
0: really not going to work for either of us, I suppose. Well, it,
1: it is. And, you know, that's what I've been taught my whole life. But I wonder what. I wonder if yeah. there is a spiritual component to baptism.
0: Oh, for sure. There's well, a huge spiritual exchange that takes place.
1: Well, the spiritual exchange that takes place takes place at salvation. Yes. And the baptism is a display that you've done that. Yes. And I'm wondering if there's something spiritually significant about that.
0: Well, there's a couple of passages that says they were baptized and received the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, we receive things in baptism. There's a couple of passages that talk about how when we're baptized, we're then clothed in Christ.
1: I remember hearing Derek Prince. This is going to be controversial because I can't back up. Yeah. But Derek Prince said, On Scripture alone... He can't guarantee that you're going to go to heaven unless you've believed and been baptized. And he said, yes, I know that we have the thief on the cross, Yeah. but from the teaching of the New Testament, that's what he said. Now, if I was going to be a proper teacher, I would go look up the verse that he was talking about or indeed the message that he spoke. But I remember being struck because, you know, Derek was so solid on the word. And I was like, wow, for him to come to that conclusion, I've never heard that conclusion. Anyway, well, don't want to scare about, everybody
0: go ye therefore make disciples of all people baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit i mean it's the thing to do lead them to the lord and get them baptized dunk yeah. them
1: so that makes me so curious what is the i mean it's, it's you're right it's the thing that jesus asked us to do yeah that's what he said you know not not just get people saved yeah but disciple them and baptize them and i'm like wow yeah, there's so much stuff that as I grow older, I realize how much I have taken for granted. I know this is going to be ridiculous, but when we talk to the kids about Easter, I never—of course, I knew what Easter was, but I never knew what Good Friday was, and I never knew what Resurrection Sunday was, and I never knew the timeline. Even though I spent you, my whole you life in about church,
0: okay, Thursday and sad Saturday, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a whole week. But, but the same with baptism, like I, yeah. you know. Um, it's the elementary things. Let us leave the elementary things, where it talks about baptisms, plural. But sorry, I interrupted. So, it's the first thing that Christians should do.
0: Yeah. And it seems to be, it seemed to be like the natural cry of one's heart after they gave them their lives to the Lord, if that makes sense. So, you think about, uh, you know, when Lydia uh, got saved, it was her and her household got saved, got baptized, right? And then Cornelius, who is in Acts, I want to say around 16-ish, uh, when he gets baptized, when he gets saved, the very first thing he does is he and his that whole group of men go and get baptized, and they become the first Gentile believers. My favorite story that I was reading to everybody this morning is actually, uh, I think it's a little later in Acts, um, where, you know, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch.
1: Yeah, tell us that story, babe.
0: So, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, hey, go onto this road, and it's the road that's from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so, he goes to this road, and he sees the Ethiopian eunuch, who is like the treasure for the queen of Ethiopia. And he's sitting in a chariot and he's reading something. And the Holy Spirit says, like, you know, go up and talk to him. And so he goes up, and the Ethiopian eunuch is reading Isaiah. I think it's actually Isaiah 53, but it's out of Isaiah. And uh, he says to him, hey, do you know what you're reading? And he says, well, how can I possibly know without somebody telling me? And he's like, and then he he tells him all about Jesus. And the Ethiopian eunuch, upon hearing about Jesus, gives his life to Jesus. And as they're going along in the chariot, says, look, water. Is there any reason I couldn't be baptized right now? And these two dusty, hairy men get out of this chariot and they go and get into this water and they're baptized. And the reason it's important to remember that they're dusty and hairy, because, well, I guess I'm just assuming all men are hairy, is it's on a desert road. So, the water that they saw was most likely some families drinking water. Right. But his response to the Lord was so significant that he now felt like, I need to be baptized now. And it was appropriate, apparently, you know, this is so important. We're actually going to get in this family's drinking water right. and and do this baptism right now. And then, of course, Philip disappears, which is kind of cool, because it says the, Ethiop- the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch just uh, sort of goes, huh, and goes away rejoicing.
1: <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, yeah. it's an amazing passage for yeah. so many reasons. The one that really struck me that I had never seen, of course I'd read, but it didn't impact me the way ever until you shared it this morning was was Saul and yeah. his conversion, his Damascus Road experience. Share yeah. that one.
0: Well, okay, so that's uh you know, I I should have brought my laptop in so I could have looked at all the references. But so Saul, of course, after he's blinded on the road, um, he goes to you know, Ananias comes in, finds him, right, and says, Hey, I'm Ananias. The Lord told me to come find you. He he prays for him. The scales fall off of his eyes and he gives his, you know, like he gives his life to the Lord. I suppose he's already given his life to the Lord at some point in there. But as soon as the scales fall off his eyes, it says he was baptized and then he went and ate dinner.
1: And he'd been fasting three days.
0: Yeah. So, but, so here's this guy who's super hungry, but it's more important that he gets baptized first and then he goes and eats. It's kind of cool, right?
1: Yeah, and and at that point, there's no teaching on baptism, right? I mean, Jesus was baptized, and you shared some of the Jewish significance behind baptism. I'll get you to share in a second. But it's not like he knew to to do that. Like, you know, I think about the people I know who've got saved, and they have to learn things, you know, like, okay, how do I pray? Teach me how to pray. Okay, how do I read my Bible? Like, where do I start? It's like he automatically knew, now I need to go get baptized.
0: It seems like most of them knew that. When you yeah. read those passages, that's their immediate response.
1: So, talk to me about the the Jewish baptism.
0: Right. Okay, thing. so Jesus wasn't the first person to baptize people, and neither was John the Baptist, right? right? So, it's actually based on the Jewish tradition of mikvah. And mikvahs were... Uh, basically public, well, public baths. Some, some people would have had private baths as well, but but single baths where you would walk in some stairs and you would sort of dunk yourself and then you'd walk back out and you needed to have a mikvah in order to go into the temple. Okay. So, and it was, it was a ceremony of just becoming clean so that you could go into the presence of God. You needed to be cleaned, right? So... That's actually where we get our tradition of baptism from, is these mikvahs. Wow. And uh, actually, when we were in Israel two years ago, uh, when when you and I were there with the kids, they hadn't excavated what I saw when we were there two years ago, which was they found a bunch of the original mikvahs from about the second temple time period. So, um, they've unearthed them and they still have water in them because they have natural... Like they have springs that keep them sort wow. of the water moving. And um, so, yeah, and there was a whole bunch that was just really, really cool. Uh, so mikvah was something that you would do not only to go into the temple, but you would also have a mikvah if there was a big life change coming, like uh, getting married or a change of seasons or, or anything like that. And uh, you would also have a mikvah like if you were a woman at the end of your cycle that kind of thing so um it was really like something that marked a shift wow yeah so it's kind of cool
1: and then i don't i don't know whether i was taught this or not but i so i don't i was just thinking i wonder if it's related to the one saved always saved that i grew up with but there was no concept for me growing up that you needed to be baptized more than once yeah And you shared this morning about like being baptized multiple times. In fact, you've been baptized three times, and not satisfied with that, you're getting baptized a fourth time. I am. And I'm feeling kind of inadequate over here, (laughs) only having been baptized once. (laughs) Well, you can join me. Is it like silver, gold, platinum status membership? Yeah. Talk to me about multiple baptisms.
0: Here's the deal. There is a passage, and I think it is in Acts 19, uh, where Paul is actually talking to... um, a group of people and he's saying they need to get re baptized because they've just basically upgraded their understanding of God. And so these people all get re baptized.
1: That's right. These are the people who only know of John's baptism, yes. which is a baptism of repentance. Yes. So you baptize them in the name of the Je- the name of the Jesus. The
0: name of the Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then, you know, they're also baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time. That's a fascinating passage.
0: Yeah. So there, you know, there is obviously a scriptural precedent. Um, and because it's from Jewish tradition, and the Jewish people didn't just have one mikvah. I mean, it was part of how, the, you know, their process with the Lord. So, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, for me, I got, I I was like uh, sprinkle baptized when I was a kid, I think. Um, I don't remember.
1: Which, sprinkling is not the biblical definition of no baptism.
0: No, it's submersion. You right. know, Complete submersion. So... But I got baptized when I was away with YWAM, and this was, you know, 92, 93, so, you know, a little, little while ago. Uh, and I got baptized in the ocean. We were in Honduras on, on mission, and uh, they decided to do a baptismal service. And nobody actually told me that you that I would want to hold my nose closed. Right. And so, I kind of got waterboarded while getting baptized. It was pretty fantastic. Really cleaned out the sinuses. Um but anyway, I could, that's that was 93, and then um, when the revival started in Toronto about, well, we were in the new building, so probably a year or two into it, Yeah, uh, I got baptized again, and th- I got baptized that time because I had been in a season where I knew the Lord was talking to me about being in ministry, but I was fighting Him every step of the way, like, this is not what I want. This is what I want over here. This is, you know, and I and I'd finally come to a place where I was like, actually, God, you get to be God. And it was after I'd sort of come to that place that I was like, you know what, I actually I trust you, and so I'm re-upping my, my, you know, team jersey, as it were. You know, I'm re, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, going for the upgraded getting jersey, this
1: season's uniform, just
0: getting this season's uniform. Yeah, so I got baptized again, and then uh, I actually got baptized two years ago because I was in the Jordan River. And so I got to baptize our whole team. And uh, also this lovely uh, pastor from Brazil asked me if I would baptize him while we were there, oh. which was, I I cried through all of it. And then I got baptized in the Jordan because I was like, yes, you know. And each time that I got baptized, I really felt like, oh yeah, something's shifted. I, I, I wasn't necessarily aware what had shifted, uh. Other than I, I felt different. I felt I felt something. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but now I feel like the Lord, like as I've been praying and uh, preparing to speak on baptism for the last couple of weeks, I just kept feeling like the Lord was like, hey, actually, I want you to shake off the last season, you know, and get ready to go into the new season. So, I want you to also be baptized. And so, I'm going to get baptized as well uh.
1: on Sunday. Who's, who's baptizing you?
0: Well, if you're baptizing people, you could baptize
1: me. I will not be baptizing people. I didn't
0: think you did sign up for it.
1: My back will not support baptizing people. I think, uh, I think
0: people. I'm going to ask Tony if
1: he'll do it. Oh. Yeah. Aren't you taller than Tony? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All
0: right. <laughs> he's strong. He's mighty.
1: I'd like to give a temperature update. It's now a balmy 80 degrees in our office. I still feel good. It's increased 1%. I don't know how you're coping. I want to jump in a pool. Uh, I I,
0: don't feel even remotely hot. Are you kidding me? In fact, I feel a bit like I wish I wasn't sitting next to the vent because there's a bit of a breeze. The (laughs) vent that's doing nothing.
1: (laughs) That's just blowing some like tepid air around.
0: So, I was thinking like as we're sort of talking about um, baptism and and basically about how powerful it is. The thing that I started with this morning and then what I finished with was both Romans 6. Like Romans 6 Verse one through to about verse
1: eleven. This, these are the verses you memorized when you were not saved.
0: Yeah, this was where, like this this is sort of a funny story. But um, you know, as a kid, I used to go up to the cottage, uh, it, and it's it's my mom's parents' cottage, you know, and and spend time with the cousins and all that. And of course, I wasn't growing up with any understanding of the Lord, but um, my cousins were all growing up Baptist, and. Uh, I remember this one summer, they were we, we were all going to be up at the cottage for a week or two. And so uh, Uncle Paul would do like a Bible study with his kids uh, when we were at the cottage. And and I usually sort of just went to my room or went outside or whatever. Like I, wa- I really wasn't interested. Um, but he started that particular morning by saying, All right, guys, we're going to memorize some verses. And whoever memorizes them first is... Uh, I'm going to pay for them to go to the movies, and they get to pick one of their siblings or cousins to go with them. And I was Great like, man. "I was like, I know, right?" He was partnering, I think, with Jehovah Sneaky.
1: We'll study the Bible for movie tickets. That's
0: right. And so they were all like, "Yay!" You know, kind of thing. And he's like, "So the first person to memorize Romans one through Romans ten, and come back and 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 say it to me, I will give you movie tickets." And so I was like, Uncle Paul, and he's like, "Yeah," I said can anybody participate? And he's like, yep, if you memorize it first, I'll give you the movie tickets. And I was like, okay. So of course I just, I think I took one of grandma's Bibles, but I, cause I didn't have one and uh, went and memorized it and came back and I, I won the, the movie tickets. Um, but the funny part about that was I didn't give my life to the Lord for many years after that. However, uh, and I don't really love this word, but I felt like that passage kind of haunted me. Troubled like, you? It troubled you. Well, it, it, yes, but it, like in the best kind of way. Like it would just be there in the background, and I didn't, I didn't really fully understand what it was that I had memorized. Yeah. And uh, but now that I look back, I'm like, that's pretty tricky. Yeah, you know, it's pretty clever. But I'll read it to you from the message because it's, I, I love the way the message sort of captures, um what's happened
1: okay go for it
0: so romans 6 verse 1 in the message so what do we do keep on sinning so god can keep on forgiving i should hope not see that's the grace message isn't it that's like oh you know i'm just it's okay there's grace for me well the greasy grace message
1: the proper grace message is that the grace of god has appeared to just say to say no yes Not, not so that we keep on that. It's empowered you so yes. that you can say no. Keep going.
0: Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving. I should hope not. If we left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or did you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. And when we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection, which is just amazing.
1: That's great.
0: Isn't it so good? It's so powerful. Uh, We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. So I just, I mean, I love, again, I think the message, I love the way it sort of encapsulates it, but um baptism is powerful Mm -hmm. you know and it's it is making an exchange and i was thinking about how much of the kingdom is about exchange you know and it's jesus did everything in a moment but we appropriate it don't we 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 actually partner with him and we appropriate what he's done and so i i i'm so excited about the baptisms because well i cry during every baptism anyway it's like
1: you love them babe
0: i love baptisms um but I mean, I've also seen people get healed of stuff in baptisms. and
1: you tell, know. Me, tell me some of those stories.
0: Well, I'm trying to remember because we used to see quite a few like in Toronto where people would get, you know, go in with back pain and come out and they're like, it's gone. Like I've had back pain for years and it's gone, you know, uh, things like that. Um I uh, one of the times when I got well, that was where it was like sort of debatable. But I was quite sick when I got baptized in Honduras, uh, and I had like a cold and all this stuff. Now it's who knows if it's from saltwater water waterboarding or not. But <laughs> I felt better afterwards once I recovered. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited. I don't know. I just can't. I can't wait for next week.
1: Well, I love it. Yeah. If you go to Grace Center, and you would like to be baptized. Yeah. Or dare I say, even if you don't go to Grace Center, and, and you'd, you'd like, like, to like to be, be baptized. baptized, and you're in the Franklin area yeah. on Sunday, if you go to gracecenter.us, you will find on our front page, if you scroll down, an invitation where you can sign up to be baptized. Yeah, we If you're going to do that, we need your resi- resignation? No, we need uh. your registration yeah. by Wednesday yeah. so that we can accommodate you. Uh but yeah, go baptisms.
0: Yeah, that just helps us organize everything and and uh get Our in.
1: whole service is going to be given over to to baptism. Yeah,
0: it's really exciting. It's going to be amazing. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I, I blanked out there cuz it's so stinking hot in my office. Well,
0: baby, we should wrap it up so that you can open the doors.
1: No way, we have a listener's question. Oh, all right. This is from Anonymous.
0: Hello Anonymous.
1: And Anonymous says, "I'm listening to the podcast from episode number 274. About moving through transitions and seasons of life. And I have two questions. Number one, would you be willing to say something about transitions that happen that you couldn't see coming? One of my parents was in an auto accident 15 months ago, and that ushered in a season of my life which was radically different from what went before. I'm now caring for both parents and struggling to find time for my own life, as well as to know what I'm responsible for regarding my parents. But this is nothing that was a desire of mine or that I saw coming. What about transitions into seasons like that? I'm very curious about what you would say about those sorts of transitions.
0: Oh, anonymous. That sounds really, really hard. Uh, so, I mean, I want to start by saying I'm I'm sorry. That's that's so hard. And uh, I, I mean, I think that's sort of a very different kind of transition than what we were really talking about in terms of transitions that we choose to move into. Yeah. Um. You, of course, haven't chosen that transition at all. Um. Babe, you're looking at the actual question, like, is it just, what was the question? Like, how how do we?
1: Yeah, just really curious about what you would say about those sorts of transitions. I think the thing I'd like to encourage you with, Anonymous, is what you're describing is one of the side effects of being alive. Like, life throws transitions, curveballs, things we didn't see coming you know, our our friend Chip would say that life is tragic and God is faithful. And one of the things to help you get through those seasons is something Graham Cook loves to say is that the why question is the wrong question to ask. The why question never gets answered this side of eternity. The question we want to ask in seasons like that is the what question. Lord, what do you want to be for me in this season that perhaps you couldn't in any other season. Yeah. Because the Lord hasn't brought you into this season to punish you or punish your parents or be mean to you. Uh, this isn't judgment. This is a season that you're in that the Lord would love to meet you in in a special way. And part of the sadness of the season like this is it's bewildering. It it it, it takes our legs out from underneath us. Yeah. Part of the gift of a season like this is it's an invitation to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want to be to me that I couldn't see in any other season? And of course, without knowing you and without knowing your situation, and even if we did, it would be folly of us to even suggest what some of those things would be. But I wonder, given that nothing takes the Lord by surprise, what it is the Lord would love to do for you in this season, Anonymous.
0: What was the second question that Anonymous had?
1: Uh, Anonymous writes, Alan's comment about coming before God as robot boy and God refusing to respond to Alan's question about marrying AJ as a, you know, should or should not really resonated with me. There's definitely still a part of me that's afraid to make the wrong choice, one that will or might have bad consequences in the future. I'm sorry for my stuffy nose. A combination of allergies (laughs) and being in an oven is doing this to me. um, Would you say more about not treating oneself as a robot, but as God does as a human being who has desires that can definitely be part of the will of God? Ah, I love that. And I think part of the reason I love that is just this week, I had ministry on that very topic, an area of my life where I didn't realize that i was still living with that mindset of like i want to do what's right and not do what's wrong and actually in my effort to do what was right it was actually not fueled by a desire to please but out of a fear that i might do something wrong and actually what embraces the idolatry that i somehow have got the best benchmark of whether <laughs> you know i'm veering into or out of the will of god and and part of the ministry was to for me to repent from that and realize, actually, God is really good that if we live with an open heart before him, that he will speak to us if we're going to derail our lives. And, and yeah. there's so much freedom. I think I heard Bill Johnson talk about living with a green light mentality. That, you know, sometimes as Christians, we feel like we're constantly a stoplight, a red light. Lord, do I, do I not, do I turn left or turn right, should I go, you know, what should I do? And he was talking about like, when you have the mind of Christ, when you're living under a new covenant, yes, there's very uh, strict parameters that the Lord's given for us, but they're very wide and broad parameters. And, you know, this is the interview we did with Benjamin Jackson, I forget which episode that was, where Ben was talking about like, the will of God is broad like a meadow. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I've been having fun with is heading in a direction, trusting that the Father... And please understand me when I say heading in a direction, I don't mean, uh, I think I'll try polygamy. I mean, like, the scriptures are really clear on the boundaries of the directions you can go in. I mean, within the remit that's been given to me,
0: <laughs> like, where did that example come
1: from? <laughs> I was just trying to make sure that our podcast yeah. listeners weren't like, Alan said, anything goes, go try anything, <laughs> but but within, you know, w- within what's the ours to choose? Yeah, yeah. like. Do I take a new job? Do I move house? Do I, you know, sell house? Do I go on vacation? Where do I go on vacation? Those right. questions. Yeah. The, the Lord will, you know, you can, of course, inquire upon the Lord, but if you don't hear anything, that doesn't necessarily mean no. Right. And and also actually having value on the, the values that God put in your heart. You know, do, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Some of that is he will replace your desires with the things that's after his heart. But some of it also is he actually made you with values with delights and wants to satisfy those things yeah
0: Yeah. i mean again when you think about it in the context of he's the best dad ever like we as just earthly parents that are not the best parents ever at all i take so much joy when my kids are doing something that they love you know and uh investing in that direction and you know even when i'm like huh that's maybe not the wisest use of your money. If you have great joy in it, I'm like, good. I have great joy that you're getting to do that. I'm just sort of thinking like in terms of...
1: You mean when our son wants to spend hard-earned cash yeah. on things like V-Bucks, which have <laughs> yeah, literally like no value.
0: No value whatsoever. But I I see my son and he's getting such joy from it and actually, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think... I. I think it has value only because it gives him some joy and yeah. it's not detrimental to
1: him. Yeah. All right, Anonymous, I hope that helps. Um, Feel free to email us again if you need any clarification on that. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I have a question I, I would love you to answer, go to com slash ask where you can fill in a form there. And um, we'll do our best to answer your question. And if you're a member of the show, you will get priority Q&A. You'll get bumped to the, the top. And you can become a member of the show from as little as a dollar an episode. Becoming a member both supports the show, but also gives you a whole host of benefits, discounts on our products, um, video versions of episodes of our podcast, um, priority Q&A, and so on and so forth. To become a member, go to com slash join. And AJ, if people want show notes for this week's episode, they go to
0: alanandaj.com slash 278.
1: Look at you like a professional. (laughs) Well, listen, we pray that you are going to have an amazing week filled with joy, filled with goodness, filled with excitement, filled with incredible dreams, revelatory experiences. And that if your air condition is broken, that it too would get fixed for a favorable rate and we (laughs) pray all of that in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus bye bye
0: faith life Life. communication tacos and video games paleo donuts and the
1: kindness of God the things we deal with every day from Franklin, Tennessee they are just
0: like you and me Alan.